Welcome to Mindsight Collective, an African-centred act tank of great minds that are on the front lines of reforming our black revolution. Join the conversation on Instagram at Mindsight Collective and on Twitter at Mindsight Tweets. Go ahead and check out our website at MindsightCollective.com for provocative thought, art, music and inspiration. Hello, my name is Dion and I am your host for this monthly pro-black podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday of each month. We will have special guests, inspirational conversations and diving deep into issues that affect us, the melanated and our fight for liberation. You will be educated, empowered and elevated with the Mindsight Collective. Happy Black History Month for all those who are celebrating it in the UK. In this episode, I speak with Tian Brown-Sampson, theatre and movement director, writer, producer and performer about the evolution of black representation in theatre. But before we go to the interview, we will begin the show with today's I Am Mantra. I am resilient. Like a rose growing from the concrete jungle, so are we resilient as people. We have faced atrocities, genocides, displacements, wars, enslavement, family breakdown, community breakdown, poverty, prejudice, microaggression, institutional racism, colonisation, being denied our human rights and brutality. We overcame personal challenges, emotional disturbances, pressure cooker environments, health issues, financial burdens and entrapment of circumstances. Our existence and our presence Remind others that we are still beautiful, we are still rich with life and innovative despite what the powers that be throws at us. We have our ancestors that have given us everything we would need to tap into and find answers for. All of the power we seek to emancipate ourselves is stored in our brilliant minds, brave hearts and our spirituality which connects us to our universal truth. There is nothing and no one that can rob you of your birthright, your birthright to be free. It is us that has to be willing to give away our power, our strength and narrative to another. They have tried. Just look at the world history and their history and you see it. But yet we rise and even under the worst conditions we have contributed, still contributed to history, culture, science, the arts, religion, medicine, technology and education. Therefore, the next time you are faced with a situation that seems insurmountable, do not go into the dark but push through the concrete until you find the light. Press your roots deeper into the knowledge you seek and tap in to your truth that will blossom. And when it's all over, people will say, just like those who gaze upon that flower growing in the concrete, how did you manage to grow in a place like this? You can say you did it because of a simple belief. I am resilient ashe now a word from our sponsor nine acres are you in need of vegan and cruelty-free household goods and toiletries have you just started a family and need the best vegan baby care products at nine acres you can find vegan cleaning household goods and toiletries we're proud to be pioneers of cruelty-free products the products we sell have never been tested on animals nor use animal ingredients Visit us at Brixton Vegan Market, Brixton Station Road, SW9 8PD, every Sunday from 11am until 4pm until October 13th. Why not visit us online at nineacres.net? Now we will listen to the interview I had with Tian Brown-Samson. So tell us your thoughts on what was said in the interview at mindsightcollective.com. Tian is a theatre and movement director, writer, producer and performer based in London and Newport, South Wales. She is a member of the Young Vic's Directors Programme and an associate artist of Paper Gang Theatre. Tian's practice primarily focuses on black, East Asian and South Asian theatre and promoting diversity and representation on stage and in positions of power and leadership. Let's take a listen. 
Hi, welcome, welcome to Anne. Thank you for being our special guest in Black oh, History Month. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, I think, you know, it's this, this conversation about the evolution of black representation in theatre is mm-hmm. it's an important um, subject and Marsha Collective, we support the arts. And so mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have this conversation, especially at this time where we're focusing on our culture. And without the arts, there is no real culture, not full culture. So I thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. So yes, can you definitely. can you please tell us a bit more about yourself so our listeners know who they are listening to? Right, brilliant. So yeah, uh, my name is Kian Brown Sampson. So I am a young emerging theatre director. I also work with movement. I also do writing, producing, and performing. Um, so actually, my start into theatre. So I guess I was very fortunate to have a family that took me to go see shows when I was younger, which is mm-hmm. not a, a thing that I think a lot of um, my friends that I know of that even in the industry working now that was not necessarily their experiences um, throughout their childhood. So I feel very fortunate to have had that. Um, and I think that helped me with my start because when I, um, that as I went on in my, um, in my childhood years and in my teenage years, I was always engaged with theatre and performance in some, some sort of aspect. I always did theatre, I was always doing dance. And then when I went to uni, I had a, essentially a break from that um i wanted i used to want to be an actor i Mm. used to i had aspirations of actually going to drama school and like pursuing acting as a career but i decided to go to university i was like drama school will always be there let me get my degree first because this industry is tough and so i had um so really my academic background wasn't really related to theatre. Um, so I was studying um, Mandarin Chinese and then I was also doing English. But um, because of the university I was going to, English was just fresh. So it was very limited in its options and I didn't have as many theatre options as I was actually hoping for it to do. So when I, um, so I only just graduated from university last year. Congratulations. And Thank you so much. We made it. We made it. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it was um, a bit of a sort of a scary reality of like, I know, I know that I want to be working in theatre. My background is not in theatre. How do I do it? Mm. But so I was just making sure all throughout my uni years of just making sure I was being very vigilant and very active and looking for any sort of opportunities that I could to still stay engaged with theatre. And that helped me progress, um, just like working into in, in the industry as I am now. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, so I'm part of the Young Vix Barracks program. Amazing. So it was actually my my partner just saw the call out for it. For um, they're looking for people that were interested in directing that probably hadn't done it before for their intro to directing course. Yeah. I applied. I remember we had about a 20 minute group interview with about 15 other people. We all got to speak for only like a minute. <laughs> and I was wow. thinking, well, I, I obviously am not going to get into this, um, onto this course because we're seeing about four or five different groups and we, we only get to share about ourselves for about a minute of our time. How are they supposed to remember me? And then I found out I got onto the course <laughs> and that, that underestimate yourself. <laughs> That's but the thing is, it's, yeah, the thing is that course helped. If I if it was not for that course, I don't think I would really be doing theatre as I am now, or it wouldn't have made my sort of possibilities um, as like as broad as they as they were. And so I got. I remember the first day, got to the course, and I'm and basically essentially it was just all black people there. Wow. And I remember like. Oh, so that's why I'm on this course. They've got an agenda, and so that's why they picked me. But and I and looking at it as like almost like a sort of negative thing that is not because of me that that and my capabilities, yeah, and yeah. they didn't see anything special in me. It was just because I was black, and that's just such a weirdly like such a weirdly like negative way to look at it. And really, how I should have been looking at it is that the Young Vic Theatre are looking to change. 
um, the industry of like what it looks like now. Mm. They're specifically looking for young um, black creatives and other um, minority ethnic groups to be infiltrating the system. And that's exactly what the program was. So it wasn't just like, oh, we just all happen to be black and interested in theatre. We all had something to contribute yeah. to the industry. And that yeah. course really helped um, just embed um, bed like those sort of qualities and like develop our capabilities and our skills and I'm pretty sure I'm trying to think of our course I'm pretty sure everyone is still working in theatre right now and oh, doing wow. very very well and doing massively massively well like um, one of uh, my good friends she's there was um, a festival recently um, called This Is Black which was at the Bunker Theatre she was one of the main directors for that one of our other fellow directors, he's been assistant directing at the Old Vic, which is a major wow. theatre. We're having people that are still acting. People are producing with like major um, um, black-led theatre companies. So all of so the Young Vic Theatre was really essential in making and establishing me as a theatre director, just even giving me the thought that I can be a theatre director. Wow. And it was from that point on that I was able to move forward. And because, you know, I think... I think one of the problems that we really have is that we think we can't do something. Yeah. We're made yeah. to feel like we have to, we second guess ourselves and second guess our capabilities and what we can contribute. Mm-hmm. And I think with the sort of, um, within the white population, I think within this country, and not that it's actually anything negative specifically, but it's the thought that why can't I not do it? Yes. Whereas we think, why why should I be doing it? Or why can I do it? <laughs> yeah. We even immediately start doubting ourselves before we even try. And I think exactly. we understand ourselves so much where we won't even apply or ask to be involved with something. We assume we won't get it. And if you never ask, the answer will always be no. And I think we end up holding ourselves back. So I think it was... Um, being with the Young Vic and we, we just thought it was going to be a five-day program and it was basically a scheme that is a, runs for at least two years and we have a relationship with the Young Vic Theatre where they help provide opportunities for us to be involved with the theatre, engaging with other theatres in London, even regionally, um, exposing to us what theatre is and how we can get involved. And through their mentorship and their guidance and support that I've been able to say very confidently confidently right now like I'm a theatre director I'm a movement director yes and so I I just have to give yes absolutely and having to I have to give a mad mad, um, props to the Young Greek Theatre because if it was not for them and if it was not for schemes such as those yeah loads of us wouldn't even be given our chance to start that's amazing you know it's just inspiring that you know your partner just saw this opportunity and you know I, well I don't have a background in theatre you know I'm passionate but I, I don't have an academic background and you're like you know what I'm gonna go and give it a go and even when you yeah. had those little niggling doubts oh you know there's so many groups here so many interesting people what makes me different, you know, and then you got in and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of a lot of black students and brown students can relate to that. And then yes. having to um, kind of question, am I here on my own merit or is it ticking mm-hmm. boxes? So you have all these challenges even before you start your career. And yes. it's amazing mm-hmm. that, you're, that you're in here and that you're, using the opportunities and I think that's so amazing that you overcome the niggling voices and those external um, conditions that say well you know like you were saying non, mm-hmm. non-people non of colour don't have to think is it possible you know it just is just because you can do anything where Absolutely. our reality might Absolutely. be very different so I have to give you props too, as well as Young Vic's um, director's program for giving the opportunity, but you have the talent regardless. You know, I just want to mm. celebrate that for, you know, for and with you. Absolutely. I feel like way more people need that. I think the talents are always there, but I think it's always that. Another issue that we really have is about how we nurture our talents. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, and one of the difficulties of um, people just people of color and from diverse and underrepresented backgrounds not being able to infiltrate the mainstream and get and establish themselves yeah. in a career in theatre, for instance, is just because we're not we're not necessarily made to feel like we're welcomed into those mm-hmm. spaces or that those spaces are made for us. And that starts from very early on, like from rooted into childhood, into our teenage years, into adulthood. So like, for, for instance, what I was saying, that I am very fortunate that my grandmother just took me to the theatre when I was younger. We went to see pantomimes on Saturdays. She, she took me to see loads of different shows. And that's not something that, always happens I wouldn't say it's like it doesn't necessarily typically happen but it's not necessarily maybe an activity that people always go for and engage with because also theatre can be very expensive and so if you do not have the finances to be engaging with theatre and go to see it on a semi-regular basis and that's just not within your um that's just not what you're able to really do of course, we're not going. It's not going to be a habit. It's not going to be a regular activity that we think that we're going to do in our lives. Yeah. And so it just oh, doesn't. No. Yeah, we don't even think about it as a career yeah. possibility. Um, and it it even starts when we think about what sort of shows are available, um, and what sort of parts and roles are available for. Yeah. If we're going to really be thinking of um, inviting people of colour and people from underrepresented backgrounds into theatre, how do we make it feel, them feel like it's a space for them? Yeah. We don't usually entertain the possibility of that being a career option early on because also it's the arts and people would rather you do something more stable like academics and science as to have something that you can sit in the office and then like you get paid X amount per hour. But it's, it's also... Um, also difficult at all. Let me pause for a second. Let me get my train of thought. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I will come um, back. I do want to come back to this yes. issue about accessibility um, into yes. theatre from the audience participation to actually breaking into um, a very, a scene of very white affluent career. But you know, you touch mm. on the attitude um, um, that our community hold as, as, as a general statement that, you mm-hmm. know, children need to focus on the academic um, yeah. and not so much on the arts, but actually it's the affluent people that invest in the arts, in, you know, make sure the children are doing ballet and doing uh, drama mm-hmm. classes and doing um, art and, you know, having a very rich curriculum um, outside mm-hmm. of the school. And it's just like, well, if those who are at the seat of influence mm-hmm. have an emphasis on investing in the arts um, yeah. isn't there something in there that we're missing out on for those who may come from a working uh, class background you know mm-hmm. and it it's something I'm championing in my own little way but yeah. I, I, you know I'm so happy that your grandma invested in the arts by taking you to the theatre I just want to know, unpack a little bit for me, like, what made you pursue theatre? Because you're on track, you're going very academic, do linguistics, and then, mm-hmm. boom, creative. You know, so what gave you that push to focus your energy on pursuing a career in theatre itself, rather than just being a fantasy and just enjoying the theatre? What actually made you say, I want to be part of this industry? Yeah, so I think it does go back to um, it does go back right to my childhood, I suppose. I think also where I was growing up, I was growing up in a very um, I went to school at least in a very middle class area. So I think I also had those sort of um, opportunities accessible to me in my sort of like area. I think that's a problem that we have now is that you know we have like. Um, after school clubs and like yes. centers closing down where um where children would usually get to engage with those sorts of things well, without those sorts of resources and without those available to kids everyone's just like at home sat in front of a tv or maybe like you know going out doing sports but those become limited and mm-hmm. i think for me it was always um it was always an option um so 
so my grandmother had taken me to go to the theatre, that I was able, I had a dance school right next to my house. I had a performing art school right next to my house. I was regularly able to do, able to do classes um, and like participate in clubs. And I had very supportive parents that um, I was always very academic as a child. So yeah, I yeah. still very much valued my, very much valued my um, school. But then I also very much valued the arts and my parents were the same way. But my parents were also very vigilant to engage me in every sort of activity. Amazing. Any sort of activity you can think of, I probably did it. <laughs> and, but it's the sort of thing like we have to, like if we're talking about one, the industry, you have to like push to engage people and, mm-hmm. and giving them the option to think about it as a career. So yeah. my parents made me do so many different things. Some of them I loved. Some of them I hated, but I got to find out for myself whether I liked them or did not like them. So I think it's about having options to think about what you can do. So even when I didn't go to drama school and I was at university for four years studying, I always knew that theatre was a possibility for me. And it's about how Mm. we still instill to make sure that people know that that is an option available um, to them and so that then expounds further about so what does what does this industry and what does the government what does this country need to be doing to make sure that people um, have those options available to them and it's about um, putting work out there um, in terms of like productions and shows that represent those communities that make them want to go yeah. it's about putting workshops out there to schools into the local communities that is either subsidized, is free or just available to them so they can go and participate and know that that is an option for them to, to go down into. Um, I think because loads of people and loads of people can be quite successful in their careers as well and be starting at a later point, but you can find that some people just come into theatre much later on yeah. and feel like they're playing catch-up. I mean, I've been doing theatre all my life, didn't do it, I didn't go to drama school and I feel like I'm playing catch up. So yeah. then how do how does someone feel when they don't have, have had the experiences that I've had that still feel that they're interested and wanting to start a career? How do they feel? How do they make their start? We need to be doing lots more. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I I just wanna touch a little bit on your practice as a theatre director. Because, um, yes. you know, we know that you focus on gaining more uh, representation on stage and in positions yes, of, of power and leadership in the industry. So I want to mm-hmm. know, um, what, what does that entail as a director, you know, um, in helping shape the diversity side of the industry? Mm-hmm. Do you look for right, more so black actors, playwrights? So just give us a little overview of yes. how that works for you, yeah. Yeah, so um, so at this early stage of my career, so I may not be as fortunate to have an abundance of scripts thrown at me yeah. and or get to be as picky about what sort of projects I engage with. So in the instances where I am involved in um, work that's for a diverse like audience and for diverse creatives, it is the most ideal situation because mm-hmm. obviously that's what that's why I feel like I'm here for. In instances where I need work and I need to just develop myself and I need to expand my connections and meet new people and work with a greater variety of people. So if I get um, a sort of, if I get like a sort of generic script, for instance, what my, I, what my role and my responsibility as a director to have, when I have the consciousness in my mind that I need to be very aware of how we're trying to shape this industry and how we push diversity, representation, and visibility on stages. Mm. I look for those roles that are non, um, that can be non-gender specific, that could be, that don't have, doesn't specify an ethnicity and race, and then I put a casting out asking for a specific race. So I feel like that's what I can do within my sort of scope without having, because obviously there are other creators involved, there'll be a writer, there'll be a producer, there'll be like a venue, but you know, there's a specific audience, but I'm like, what can I do within my capabilities that is still benefiting the industry? So if I can Mm. find places within who I cast, then that's what I would do. 
if it doesn't impact this, obviously there'll be instances where I'm like, the character has to be a woman or the character has to be white or the sure. character has to yeah. be this and that. And then that's what it allows. But if I can find my sort of scope to be like, why can't it be this person? We don't mm-hmm. want to be, we don't want to be limiting ourselves that we can only do roles designated for us. Yeah. And then also yeah. because we have an issue in this industry. Well, I mean, I think over time it's getting better. Um, however, um, so the issue that I'm speaking of is colorblind casting, which essentially is has been invented so that um, more people of color can get opportunities on like screen and on stage. However, yeah. as we saw decades ago, what ended up happening was that it had been completely subverted and almost used against us where it's supposed to be for people of color to get more roles, but then it became... Um, it started being used as a tool to allow um, non-people of colour to be able to play people of colour on stage. And that's a very sensitive... <laughs> yeah. Balance, so, you know, like, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're being told, essentially, that we can only play ourselves and what we know, but non-people of colour can play everything and anything. Wow. So, we, so, as, so I am speaking that time has evolved and it has gotten better yeah. but it's also we also need to be clear that it is not a hundred percent gone yeah um we are definitely evolving but so i think within the black sphere of like theater and performance we see those situations happening less and why is because thankfully black people just try not to take any nonsense from people anymore. We we like rise mm-hmm. up raise our voices. We let right. it known what we're seeing injustice when we're seeing prejudice and people respond to that. Yes. However, we need to also be very vigilant to know that there are other people of colour and other diverse backgrounds that are still being impacted by that. And I think well, we need to also use our voices to support those groups because just about two, three decades ago, that was still us. The yes. last white Othello was in nineteen ninety played on stage which is i mean that was before i was born but that's still not that long ago that that was what our industry looked like and so there are still leaps and bounds like we're still seeing because i work a lot in the also with the british east asian community and Mm. we are still continuously seeing yellow face when we're seeing white actors playing um asian roles or where we see even white writers writing um writing scripts doesn't like made uh, about Asian culture or British East Asian culture. And you you can obviously see the detrimental effects of that where it's really inauthentic. Yeah. You portray negative stereotypes and it's just like it makes people feel invisible and feel like they don't have their own say in telling their own stories. Um so we have to be very we have to be very mindful of who we put on stage how we put them on stage, and also mm. people backstage who are in control of telling those stories. So as I was saying, from my perspective as a director, I need my sort of focus is, one, giving people of color more visibility on stage, yeah. and then yeah. also to break those sort of stereotypes that they can only play certain roles. So I want to be able to provide people with a variety of roles that they can play if it allows it to. If mm. it doesn't if it doesn't cause any conflicts in the story, I'm always going to be actively looking to cast um diverse people on in my theatre. So that's the sort yeah. of work that I can do. And it's also the responsibilities of writers of um so there's one there's one play that I always like to use as an example. There's um there's this play called Wishless by um Catherine Sober and there is the one of the male leads is um, a, a British black man. And he, there's nothing in the script that actually says that he has to be black apart from his surname. He has a very distinctly African surname. So mm. it means that the actor who plays the role has to be black. So it's ways like, small ways like this, that we could still accomplish telling our stories or telling any sort of story that we want to do. But we just have to be conscious in our minds about how do we work against the rules are already set by the mainstream yeah. and how do we promote and like better um, what our industry looks like for the present day and for the future. We, we have to do the hard work now so the exactly. next generation don't have to be worrying about it. Exactly. But we have to be putting in the work. No, I, I love that, you know, you're very honest 
Uh, because I think the arts has always been seen as a very glamorous kind of backdrop to 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 the cult to the British culture, and um, they don't really get to know the ins and outs what's happening behind the screen. I mean, uh, we talking about I guess essentially typecasting. Uh, I went to mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not mentioning the place. I went to Art Centre um, in London, and I went to see a uh, play, a black play, and um, it is a it's a black space for the art. So I was mm-hmm. really excited. I've never been in that kind of um, space. I usually in white spaces, and they done um, mm-hmm. you know some black shows. Or mm-hmm. all commissioned some kind of black theatre experience. Mm-hmm. So um, I went, and the it's a very small production, and the story the story that had been told was a little bit dated, but mm-hmm. um, was three black actresses, and one was playing black, uh, a black person. Yeah. And the other two were playing white women, mm-hmm. but we, some of us got a bit lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> Sorry, some of us got a little bit lost in the impact of it. I see what the director yeah. was trying to do, but because of the her, oh well, at the end, oh oh, the person be white, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it was a t- tentative um, topic talk about sex tourism. Mm. And it's a very sensitive thing, but you know, um, I can see obviously there was a, an attempt to kind of give ownership to us to tell the story of sex tourism through our eyes, you know. So yeah. I did, I did commend that, but you know, sexual execution is needed and um, to really give our story a lot of meat and potatoes and give us this kind of sense of. It is truly our story, and we can get it. Um, yeah. It, it, it sometimes a challenge is a sometimes it's a hit. Other times, like, yeah. a little bit more work. And one of the ladies that I was talking to after the theater show, um, she was saying, you know, there's a lot of one-sided storytelling. A lot of the playwrights yeah. are male. A lot of the playwrights come yeah. from one island, and it's written in one cultural context. And I was like, yeah. even within our community, yeah, she's right. There is a bit more need for cultural diversity within the black theatre. Um, is, is there any kind of comments you have on on that or observations that you've made um, working in this kind of industry, especially within the black theatre community? About needing more... Um Diverse culture, diversity, diversity. Within, <laughs> yeah, <within> more diversity. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think one of my, um, I think one of the benefits of my sort of practice because, um, because I engage with black theatre, but I also engage with um, East Asian theatre. I think you you do sort of realise that there needs that you can have certain types of stories continuously told, yeah. or that yeah. you have more of um, certain kinds. I think um, one of the, I think if we're just strictly talking about black theatre, I think yeah. it's, it's because um, the thing is, um, I think you can find that there would be, because I think what we want to avoid is that we don't want to just be seen as a single group. Yeah. We are definitely a massive massive community and we all very much support each other yeah. but our experiences are still very different very different we, are, yeah. we can be we can be african we can be caribbean and we can definitely unify in that but as much when we talk about representation it means on as grand and as broad of a scale as possible because we don't what we do not want to be perpetrating within our own community is that only one section of our community gets represented yes yeah, yeah. because then still it's like i still i see people on stage that look like me but i that's not my story and we don't yeah. necessarily have to just see we don't have to be going to the theater to be seeing our story but we don't want to always be seeing someone else's story exactly. and i think it's 
I think it's um, a good lesson for us to look first at our communities and then like expand it to all the other different communities about kind of what sort of how different how complex yeah um the, okay, the topic yeah. of diversity is yeah. and what culture is and how like varied our experiences of culture are um and i think we always just have to be engaging with like just loads of different people and like having conversations about it i think it's one thing that's just always so brilliant is just there's always events there are always forums and panel discussions about what our experiences are and what they look like yeah. and i think we have to be very open to hearing other people's stories within our own sort of collective and what people are wanting to talk about. Um, we don't want to be again stuck on the same sort of narrative. And I don't necessarily think that we are, but I think it's always we should always be looking to about progression and, and moving forwards. So those are one of the um that's like a thing to be mindful of about just it's always more um complex than the matter really seems. Yeah, exactly. We we are as a collective, we obviously have this united front, and that's amazing. And if one of us wins, we all win. And I love that. But I think we've we've created a little bit more room now to kind of unpack unpack our rich experiences, if it's between gender or cultural context or even religious, sexuality, mm-hmm socioeconomic class are so many mm. nuances within the black British culture that is yet mm-hmm. to be tapped into. So, you yeah. know, I'm glad that you've identified within your own work that there's this you know, there's there's nuances that need a mm. voice and um, yeah. you know, that you know, 'cause it's when you look at you know, I can go Google black plays and I'll be like getting lots and lots of hits. You know, and I'm like, oh god, yes, it's great because I, I personally try to go to at least once a month to support yes. the black arts, and mm-hmm. um, after a while, you kind of start getting frustrated because, like you said, sometimes uh, even though you, it's a black face, a black story, a black voice, um, sometimes it's hard to see yourself. You really immerse yourself, and that's part of the theatrical experience, being able to capture the audience with you and immerse and invest yeah. into the characters and the stories. So I've, I've noticed in my, within myself this kind of touch and eye rolls, like, oh, here we go, you know, <laughs> certain stereotypes, certain narratives, certain perspectives are overrepresented mm-hmm. and I'm kind of hungry for um, other stories that have not been told. And um, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm kind of bringing that to this conversation and see what you what you think of it you know from the other side of it I'm just a audience member you know and you're um yeah making things happen behind the scenes representation so no it's, it's amazing that that conversation is been taking place um like you said panel discussions and things like that to give us a bit more of a complex um representation um rather than a, a two-dimension kind of the black experience in the same theatre. Yeah. I think also just like following just something may um just like popped up in my mind yeah, about sure. just about certain stories that we um we see kind of repetitively. Yeah. And so I'm not saying um that we shouldn't be having these sorts of theatres because I think also, you know, when you're also ex- exposed to something um uh, quite often or you've seen a certain number of shows or like you've read certain amount of um, articles and you're involved in the mm. conversation where you, you realize that I mean it's about the audience it's about me as an audience member that show's not for me because yeah. I already know it I don't yeah. need to be not not that it's ever preaching but you know when you've seen <laughs> something about 10 times you like <laughs> I already know I think certain things for me were um and I think actually it was another um director Nadia Latif who's um the Genesis and Future Director at the, oh no, sorry, the Genesis Fellow at the Young Vic um, presently. And she was saying, I don't go to see, um, I don't go to see shows about black men in theatre, um, black men in prison. Mm. And, and I also now have that thing where I don't, I don't feel the need to, to see black, black men in, in prison because I've heard that dialogue. And yeah. If we're going to be doing that dialogue again, you have to be bringing something new. 
because I understand for loads of audience members, um, maybe this is only the first or second or possibly the third show that they have seen or like um, film or TV show or some sort of content that they have seen about this subject. Yeah. And, you know, there are certain people that need, they need to hear that story because also it can reflect them, it can reflect their experiences or it can reflect Mm -hmm. the experiences of people that they know. And what I love about theatre, it always incites a conversation. Yeah. But I think with within me that I'm, I think it's also nice to portray the people that go to go to prison and like maybe the um, their backgrounds, their histories about kind of what led led them to these places, mm-hmm. and like kind of work on decriminalizing them and like kind of hu- like adding the sort of human aspects of their of their being, and that's totally fine. But I think we're seeing content where I don't I don't want I don't want my fellow black men to be just seen as like. Um, that they're thugs and they just go to prison. Well, I'm like, I mm-hmm. want to see them in more complex and diverse roles. Yeah. And um, but I understand that we do need certain things like that. Another one of those um, contents that I don't engage with if it's um, if it's about slavery, if it's about um, you know, kind of like um, when we have the topic of especially prominently in the states about police brutality and like really heavy bits of um, prejudice mm-hmm. um, I think what the what my issue with theatre like that because I think it we need to we need to have it and we need to hear it but I'm not so sure that it's for the black audience to be hearing and seeing because Ooh, we yeah. know it we Ooh, know yeah. that we live every day <laughs> yeah exactly so because um, the thing is mm. I feel like with these productions what we really need more of is like if we're going to be highlighting um, circumstances of um, prejudice and like abuse and like kind of just negative impacts it needs to be healing we need to take something yeah. from it in order to yeah. move forward I went to see um, I went to see a show recently at the National called Master Harold and the Boys which was uh, it's about um, I think it's set in the 1950s during the apartheid um, in South Africa and it focuses on two black men who um, who work for this white family and their teenage son, like um, the white teenage son of the family, is in the dino where they're working and they're having a conversation. And they seem to have um, a really great relationship all throughout his childhood, but there is still, like, the racial prejudice um, embedded. And then it evolves to, like, taking a really, really nasty turn. And the audience is, it's quite, like, a great mixture of people, but there's a lot of black audience members and you can hear and feel the tension and the stony yeah. coldness because all it really does, and I think the production is amazing, I think the performers are amazing, but shows like these, they kind of just stir up these negative feelings and anger and hurt and sadness. And then I'm left, yeah. what do I do with these feelings? Yeah. So there's a social responsibility. Yes, absolutely. When you're put on production, like, yeah, I, I think that's a great, that's a workshop in itself, but yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because obviously those sorts of shows aren't for, um, I mean, they're for a black audience, but the people that need to be seeing it is the black audience. Yes, yes. And it's the same thing for um, at um, the Royal Court. They did, they had um, a Debbie Tucker Green show, An Ear for an Eye, and I did not go to see it because some of my other black friends who work in theatre told me not to go and see it because it's basically a three-hour show. Um, I think it's supposed to be a cross between the U.S. and the U.K. about um, racial prejudice and police brutality. And it's a three-hour show with no interval. Wow. And and it's it's basically intended to make you feel trapped and force you to watch these really traumatic and really heartbreaking scenes. Like, just like about one, like, for instance, one I've been told about just about... I mean, we see and hear it all the time about, like, a black mother telling, like, her child, like, you do not, like, if someone pulls you over, you do this. You say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. You do not move. You do everything they say. You stay still. You put your hands up. And it's and it's just the sort of thing that, I've, for me, that is traumatic. Yeah. It may not be my lived experiences, but even as a black British woman over here, and I've never encountered police prejudice myself, yeah. but I've, yeah. I'm... 
I have people around me that have. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exposed to the media and videos now that we're sourcing around where mm-hmm. we're always kept in the loop about the conversation. We know the impact. We know the events that are going on in the States and going on around us. And that pain is our pain. Yeah. yeah I do not yeah. need to be subjected to those sort of shows. And obviously the danger within theatre, we're, we're all struggling. We all need to make money. We need to bring audiences in. But there is a duty of care with our yeah. audience members. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely. And I do think the Royal Court Theatre can be... I don't think they fulfil their duties of care as much because I, mm. I know of another incident of another previous show that they did earlier this year that I feel like they did not follow through on, which was another topic of the way that um, it was actually a British East Asian show called White Pearl, but it's about centered around um, a skin lightening cream. And they use an advert where they use a black body um, in their advert. And it's basically, there's um, a black man or a black woman, they use this skin lightening cream and they're, disgusting and ugly beforehand and then they become this beautiful angelic um east asian woman and there is not and i understand what i understand the show i understand what it is doing and it just it's not necessarily trying to highlight that it really knows that racism is wrong and what the show is basically trying to do is (laughs) say that it's more like highlighting racism is everywhere because yeah. it's mainly about mm. intercultural racism within Southeast Asia and East mm-hmm. Asia. Mm-hmm. But the the fact is, you will have black audience members going to see that show. And even for me, and I, my background's in Chinese, and I understand um, the cultures of East Asia a bit better than most black people here, because that was my that was my degree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still cannot quite justify the way that the show was done. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have a duty of care for our audience members of we're seeing ourselves portrayed and depicted on stage. And I'm sure for loads of audience members, they're just like, great, there's racial prejudice here. And all the way on the cross, on the other side of the world, everyone there hates black people too. Yeah. yeah. But that's the, that's the message that's portrayed. And it's like, you have a duty of care to, to inform your audiences of what they're seeing, the deeper contexts of what's going on, and to be responsible for like the feelings that they may be feeling, if you because it's it's traumatic and we, that's our constant mm. experiences. Yeah. How do we care for people like that? That also makes me feel like if you're not used to going to the theatre and that's brought on, I would feel attacked. I wouldn't feel like the theatre is a safe space for me. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think you, I think you summed up really well about the duty of care. And it's not only just for the director or for the space to kind of think about and put into practice also the black playwrights, the black actors, you know, just really challenge. If you feel uncomfortable in a certain role, imagine the audience who's <laughs> come to support yeah, you, like, oh, black lead or whatever. And exactly. they're going to feel uncomfortable and they have to pay to come and see this. You know, mm-hmm. so it is an, a fine balance, definitely. I, I know we're running out of time. Um, so if I can opt you to kind of give very short answers um, for, around audience participation. So earlier on we talked about that um, accessibility is a problem for accessibility yeah. disadvantage, especially amongst black and brown people. And yeah. we want representation on the stage, but we also need representation in the audience to really have yeah, that kind of absolutely. communication, that engagement, um, mm-hmm. and that kind of feeler. How can how how do you encourage black people, brown people, um, from this kind of hard um, background, economical background, to actually um, interact with theatre? Is it studying it or just going to see uh, a, yeah. a production that represents them? How do you encourage right. that? Yeah, so I think right now, presently, we're working in good times for us in terms of like um, the industry is kind of now way more aware that they need to be doing more to showcase and represent um, people from underrepresented backgrounds. And mm-hmm. now they have a criteria that they need to be actively working to be engaging those communities. So we're seeing a lot more programs and initiatives designated for us. 
Um, so if we're talking about people that are even, I'm going to start even earlier. I'm going to start like maybe people are still in school. They're still mm. like um, doing their GCSEs and A level. Yeah. What sort of things can you do? Um, so use, and if you're from an economically hard background, make use of the resources that you can, that are free to you. So there are things that if, for instance, um, you wanted to find out something more, use YouTube, go on Google. There will always be articles. There will always be videos. People like, you know, when we have forum or panel discussions, there will always be videos of people talking about it mm, because we need true, to be able yeah. to access we need to be able to access a greater wider audience so we want people to stay in the loop yeah. utilize twitter um do your research about theater companies about any film and tv companies if you're wanting to get involved find out who find out the um who the artistic directors are follow them on twitter Follow everyone that they follow on Twitter. Just keep mm. your, be active as much as possible within your scope of doing so. That doesn't necessarily have to cost you anything. Um, mm. There are like acting classes, for instance, if you're wanting to go into acting, that you can just watch on YouTube. There are like online courses that you can take, and those can be pricey. However, if you have a collection of people or a group of friends that are also looking to engage with that sort of thing, you can all band together. So if it costs maybe a hundred pounds, if ten ten of you wanting to do it as a ten per person, and you all can just share an account, mm, find yeah, ways yeah. to like kind of work around the system. There are loads of t- participation and taking part um, classes and courses that are available at loads of theatres. The Almeida Theatre has one. The Young Vic Theatre, which is amazing, do one. The Hackney Empire, and these so these will not just be limited two people wanting to pursue acting They're also for producers um, like backstage including like lighting sound development um, for directors and so and you even have people um, courses definitely for people if you're looking into doing um, like reviewing shows there, there are loads of programs accessible it's just that we have to know about them and it can be yeah. difficult to first find out but once you kind of start and make the first initial connection or find a one, you can usually be you can usually find the next one. I think make use of social media platforms because that's how we um, find out about a lot of opportunities. I think um and yeah, just always um always like just message in because you know people are a lot more um, I mean, people have busy schedules, but if you find someone that seems interesting, just shoot them an email. Because actually, Brave majority, yeah, shoot. It's like what I was saying before. The worst situation is that I mean, the worst thing that they can say is no, or that mm-hmm. they don't get back to you. But if you mm-hmm. don't do it, the answer will always be no. Yeah. And just like ask them to meet meet up for a coffee, and but don't. We always have to stay active, so don't just think that by asking for a um, meeting for coffee they say yes that they're going to do all the talking make mm. sure you do your research and make sure you bring questions and bring something to contribute just because we are set at a disadvantage doesn't mean that we are that we have to stay that way we oh, have to yeah. work harder to level um level ourselves out if because there are now loads of programs and initiatives that are trying to help and balance and like reestablish the balance within our industry but we have to do a lot of work ourselves because you can guarantee that if you're not doing the work someone else is mm-hmm. do not set yourself behind before like you have the opportunity to really shine push yourself forward so do all the hard work now so then it gets easier wow amazing people aren't going to do the work for you no no you've got to put in the hard graft in yourself you know like yourself mm. you know you had opportunity and you use that as a springboard um, mm. I think that's a great example um, where others who might want to access the industry can start from. There's always opportunities. Even even for myself, yesterday I got a text. Someone sending me a text about a trainee position, uh, doing operation, data operations, stuff like that. Oh, brilliant! Like, oh, okay. You know, I never heard of the the um the space, but I was like, wow, there you go. And they're actively looking uh, for the for inclusivity within mm-hmm. their um, space so it's like wow so obviously yeah, the opportunities out there is just about seeking them out but always going to sit there and wait for someone to do it for us and also just quick tip for those who want to go to the theatre more often 
by saying Bobby yeah. challenging. Always look out for good promo codes. Follow black travel, yes. uh, black uh, theatre bloggers. There's lots and lots and lots now, and they always have like a secret promo code or something, which is like ridiculously cheaper. So there are ways out there. There are other um, lesbians and theatre groups and trying to create yes, on Facebook. Yeah. Another good one I forgot to mention, which is a very very keen one for um, um for Black Theatre. We now have the Black um, Ticket Club. So that was established either 2017 or 2018. And so it was initiated by this um, black producer called Toby. And she basically bought, uh, which production was it for initially? Was it for, I think it was for the Barbershop Chronicles. Oh, wow. And she bought um, a number of tickets and she just bought out, she bought out seats um, and good quality seats. Mm. So, and then just handed out um, 50 free tickets um, yeah. So that um, um, young black audience members can go to the theatre and have the opportunity to wow. go to the theatre and not like sit at the far back, not all the way up high with the god where they can't see anything. Good quality seats to yeah, make them amazing. feel like they have a place there. Yeah. And it's initiatives like that that are out there able to us. So that's a good thing to follow on Twitter and on social media, the Black Ticket um, Club, because um, they have. They, I think they're still going and. There, um, I think now more theatre organisations participate with them, so they offer up a number of free tickets, and then they have a crowdfunder page to help generate money for um, to put towards even more theatre tickets for for black um, audience members, and um, that probably would not have the opportunity to go to the theatre. So that is a, another keen one to be looking out for. Another point that I just remember before before I have to um, before we have to yeah. close off the session, um, I think. Um, just keep talking to people mm. and find, be curious about what people do. Invest time and just maybe going to different activities that maybe you wouldn't typically think was for you, but you hear more about the industry, you get involved, you meet newer people, a broader scale of people, because then as soon as people know you and know your face, they can invite you into newer projects. Yeah. I have that happening all the time, just from people that I've been talking about yeah, and talk about yourself and your interests. And then just what comes up, opportunities pop up. And then you may also find yourself getting involved with more things that you didn't think were an option or that you didn't mm. even think would be interesting to you at the young stages of our lives. And even like further along in our careers, we should just constantly be expanding our circle and expanding yeah. our knowledge of what, of what this industry is and what it has to offer us and what we have to offer it. Because um, then we can just go on further and further and further, and we just meet new people, and we we can go quicker alone, but we go further together. Oh, and wow. that's a that very that's a very good thing to like keep in mind. Just keep find a community, find a good support group. I think that was one of the strongest things from um, from being part of um, the Young Vex Directors Program. Mm. Our cohort is so close. And they are mm. such a great support system. I remember when I was fresh out of uni, I I went straight into a fifth job, then had nothing afterwards. One of my friends like gave me some work. She was there for me, wow. and if without that support, you know, I'll be crumbling. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Where am <laughs> I? Can I even do theatre? Maybe I should go back and study. And it's like, you need people around you to keep you grounded, keep you focused, let you know when you're doing well, let you know um, when you need to take a break. When you need to mm. take time to invest in yourself and just like indulge in self care, you need people that are going to love you but be critical of the work that you put out. That is going to be operating in your best interest. Wow, surround phenomenal. yourself with those team. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> so no, yeah. find that team, right. and it may be they may be broader or they may be a lot more like fewer in numbers, but have those those people around you because there's only so much you can do yourself. Mm, we exactly. need people around us to help us keep going and people need us as well yes thank you mm-hmm. I'm clicking I'm clicking my fingers <laughs> I'm just resonating with everything you're saying uh, before you go how can people get hold of you so I'm active on Twitter mainly um, I'm active on Twitter on at Tian Shakira that's T-I-A-N-S-H-A-K-I-R-A and that's why I operate and that's why I do a lot of I like have my little inner monologues and I put things out to the theatre universe and be like, guys, opinion. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about this. So everybody that's listening, do go and follow and engage with her. 
you're very interesting, you're very passionate, and the fact that you're shaping our future culture and contributing to, to the British culture at large is very exciting. And yeah, thank you so much for your energy and your time. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the Mindset Collective podcast and you have been uplifted. Be sure to subscribe to Stay Wise, follow if you want freedom tomorrow, rate and comment if you loved our content. Let's keep the conversation going on Instagram at Mindsight Collective and on Twitter, Mindsight Tweets. Don't forget to go to our platform at MindsightCollective.com for more provocative thought, art, music and inspiration. Free your mind, free your mind.